Good afternoon and welcome to Let's Talk. The pastor is in. I'm program host Kip Allen. Let's Talk is the program for the Christian layman, the Lutheran who believes, but well, he has some questions. In short, the program's designed just for someone like me. There's a lot I don't understand. Not necessarily anything soul-shaking. It might just be something that's been bugging me for a while. And I find that rather than getting into a deep chapter and verse theological discussion, sometimes a casual front porch style talk with the pastor is the best way to understanding. That's what this program's all about. Today's guest is Lance O'Donnell. He's pastor at St. Paul Lutheran Church in Akamanawak, Wisconsin. I've got my questions. I'm sure you have yours. So you can send the questions at email at any time to letstalk at kfuo.org. Or call in during the program. If you're in the St. Louis area, including Metro East, that's 1-800-831-0850. Once again, that's 314-821-0850. Or anywhere in the lower 48 states, you can call us at one 800 730 27. Welcome to the front porch, Lance. Hey there. Great to be back with you. It is. And, you know, we should let our audience know that for the first time, you and I actually met face-to-face. Yeah, at the convention last month. Absolutely. And I'm yeah, sure... and God willing, uh, perhaps in October when I'm in St. Louis. Yeah, absolutely. In fact, I've already got you down on my calendar for being our guest pastor at that time, and I'm looking forward to that one. I find that the, the in-studio conversations could be a lot, a lot of fun. I'm looking forward to that a great deal, actually. Well, as am I. And actually, I'm looking forward to this show. It's um, kind of an interesting topic, something that, that you and I have discussed before in the past. You know, people talk about spiritual warfare, that is, uh, and, and they'll speak about it almost in an abstract or a metaphorical way that, oh, yeah, well, I'm, I'm going to resist stealing that or I'm going to resist adultery. I'm, I'm not going to be tempted into doing this or that. But there's something more serious out there. Sure. Uh, to, to steal a line from, from uh, Star Wars, there is a dark side. And I think what we're talking about here is actually the occult. And I think a lot of people don't really think it exists. I think you and I know better. This is most certainly true. Well, I guess, you know, first time I really became aware of it... Um, I was in college as my sophomore year. A lot happened to me in college. <laughs> and uh, we were having a party, a, a beginning of the year party, and some incoming freshmen, some girls from the nearby college, they all came down. And I was sitting down with some newcomers, people who had never been in the area before. And for some reason, we decided to play with a Ouija board. And something happened. That board started to come up with some answers and questions that no one at that table could possibly have known. Oh, my. And that scared me to my core. That is the last time I ever did that. I will not be in a room that where this is going on. I will not allow one in my house. Something happened. There was something there. I know it. Yep. What was well, it? And describe what you felt like. Uh, terrified. There was a, um, the year prior, uh, 
someone I knew had committed suicide. And uh, whatever entity or what have you was at the other end of this thing knew all about it. Details. Oh, no kidding. I beg your pardon? No kidding. So that came. So whoever the the demon that was summoned. Yeah. And by the Ouija board brought that the suicide thing back up. Yeah. And, And there were things. I was a witness to the aftermath of that. None of these people were. But there were details about it that no one else knew but me. And I, I do remember asking the thing, who are you? And it gave the initials of the person who had committed suicide, and then whatever it was seemed to have gone away, and then I got up, left, and shook. Yep. <laughs> something happened. I, I I know something happened. I, I can't. I know people. Some people aren't going to believe it, but man, I'm telling you, it was real. Yeah. Well, you don't play with that stuff. Uh-oh. Uh, it, it's interesting that you describe as terrified, um, because uh, it can be. I mean, I you know. Paul makes Paul makes mention in Second uh, Corinthians that uh, Satan will even disguise himself as an angel of light. Mm-hmm. So things that can appear fine are later turn out not to be. Um, and I I think that's probably more often what it's like. But sometimes the the darkness just reveals itself and. That appears to be what you ran into. Yeah. And, uh, you know, at the, being a believing Christian at the time, and still am, I mean, we just... Well, and that's, you know, this is where you, your experience of this and I think mine are a little different. Okay. Because if, I mean, you saw you saw... You saw that darkness for what it was. You 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 saw it as evil because you're a child of the light. Um, if you're not a child of the light, or you have been in darkness for quite a while, you wouldn't experience that necessarily the same way. It wouldn't necessarily be as surprising to you. Um, when I was playing around with this stuff, um, I didn't respond. I, I responded more with curiosity, um, but I wasn't utterly horrified the first time. After I later, later on, some years later, after I had been kind of sort of brought back to the faith or was in process, and then I experienced it, then my response was more like yours. Does that make any sense? It can. It can. Uh, Yeah, actually it does, you know, because perhaps you were seeking it out. I wasn't. It sought me out. Yeah. For whatever reason. Um, But I, I think I see your point to that. It's... 
there are people today who are messing with these things, and some of them just as a joke or as a prank or out of just sure ignorance. They don't know what they are playing with. This is well, right. dangerous. Fact, it was about this the other day. I was, um, you know, we have some cable TV, and we, uh, by virtue of our smart television, we have applications for various different channels that we watch. I used to watch the History Channel uh, a fair amount, but it doesn't seem like the History Channel is much about history anymore. It's all about this paranormal garbage. Yeah, I know. And uh, I'm about to delete the app from my television because I don't want the kids anywhere. It just seems like every other program that I see on my History Channel app is about some ghost catcher, ghost finder, paranormal, this, and I know better now to to get the heck away from that stuff. I think, uh, you know, a, a, a lot of what we call paranormal, I, I just don't think exists, but there's a lot that really is. And all I know about my experience was that it frightened me. Yeah. What what was in contact with me? You know, from, from a theological point of view, what do you think had happened? But it, it, a, a demon masquerade, you, you were dealing with demons. I, I think it's quite simple. Um, and that's why it was frightening. What? Let's, let's talk about the, the, let's get down to basic definitions here. What actually is a demon? A, a well, there are, it's a it's an evil angel so a a non-bodily spiritual being uh, created from the scriptures created at the beginning um among among that those legions of angels who who defied god and and rebelled and now are bent on turning people away from god and his christ so we're actually we're talking about a a, a specific entity here. Um, I, I well, I would believe so in your case, or or multiple. But you see all kinds of this stuff. You read the New Testament. I mean, Jesus was casting out uh, frequently casting out demons. We tend in our you know modern Western cultures to dismiss that, but it's increasingly becoming as, as we just were just talking about. It's it's uh, it's coming up again. It is. It is. I mean, I'm. you know, one of the things I do here at KFUO is I, I do a newscast every day, and I monitor all sorts of different news services. And more and more, I'm running into this, the Satanic Temple. I mean, this thing is really coming up as a revival. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not surprised. I mean, we, you know, we are, we're set up, and I'm going to sound like a conservative nut job here, but, um, you know, we're, we're we're in the process culturally of of casting off all authority and just enthroning ourselves as our own gods and doing whatever we want to do and it shouldn't be any surprise to us that there's a that void is being filled with all different kinds of darkness what is the danger to the individual in this kind of a confrontation well you get that you get tempted and and pulled, assuming you're you're a Christian, or that you get pulled in or associated 
pulled away from God and uh, and further into the kingdom of of darkness. This is, you know, we're we're talking about life and death, weeping of weeping, gnashing of teeth, um, all those all those sorts of things. And you you had the, and in some respects, the you were fortunate to see it so starkly, and you had the response that it, it, at least as a pastor, I would have you when you run into that stuff, when you see that stuff, run the other direction. Get away from it. Did Luther talk about this much? Oh, yeah. I mean, you know, we have it in the small catechism. Now, I'm not an expert on demonology uh, or in that in that sort of thing. But, you know, you just you simply you think about uh, think about Luther's morning prayer or evening prayer. You know, I thank you, my Heavenly Father. Through Jesus Christ, your dear Son, that you have kept me this night from all harm and danger, and that you would keep me this day also from sin and every evil, and and so forth. That you, this was a part of that Luther understood this and understood the temptations that he received as as from Satan or Satan's emissaries. Now, didn't Luther himself actually have some some run-ins? Well, he viewed uh, he viewed uh, he viewed the any attack against the gospel uh, for for what it was as satanic, and so he viewed a lot of the church struggle as 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 nothing as nothing less than uh, than satanic. So the the denial of of justification by grace through faith that that you know that you had to add you know that people in the church were saying you had to do something in addition to what Christ has done for you he he regarded that as nothing less than satanic i i didn't realize he went that deeply into it but i can see the point because it was as luther was saying it was corrupting the pure gospel with without it without a doubt um <laughs> And so, you know, he had some things to say about the papacy in relationship uh, to that, and at the risk of really ticking off some of our friends. Um, but, you know, we're, you know, Paul couldn't, for example, Paul in, in Galatians, you think, you think about the letter to the Galatians, um, you know, you foolish Galatians, he writes, who has bewitched you? Uh, who has bewitched you? Mm. I mean, that's it, it, that's a satanic thing. I think we have to have to actually realize that that uh, that when we're talking about that kind of of thing, and it does exist. And I think we how can we recognize it? I think that's that's part of the problem. Uh, people are are predisposed, I think, to sort of deny either the existence of, of uh, demons or the, or the dark side or or somehow think that it, it really doesn't interplay with this world. How do, we, uh, how do we safeguard? How does a person without experience in this safeguard against it? Well, don't play with it. <laughs> I, I, don't, I, don't mean to, I don't mean to be flip. I, I mean, 
that very seriously. I mean, you don't you don't play with this stuff. You, you know, you asked about Luther, and you had me thinking of the, you know, the 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 way we number the second commandment: "You shall not misuse the name of the Lord your God." And Luther's explanation of that is that we should fear and love God, so that we do not curse, swear, use satanic arts lie or deceive by his name, but rather call upon it in every trouble, pray, praise, and give thanks. My guess is, Kip, when you had your confirmation that you learned that under the previous translation, so the way you learned it was, we do not curse, swear, practice witchcraft. I think that's correct. Right? And that's the way it was, that's the way, you know, that's the way it was intended to be under, you know, we what we say, satanic arts, uh, we ought to just say witchcraft, but that's the way it is in our catechism. Um, conjuring, conjuring spirits, playing with nature in a way that it isn't supposed to be played with. You know, your your question was how do we, you know, how do we deal with this stuff? It's number one, don't deal with it, um, run away from it, or certainly don't walk into it. If you do walk into it, run away from it. If you're involved in it. Um, Surround your people. Find somebody who's not. Well, I know in my case, it was like I'd been hit over the head with a baseball bat. It was so obvious that something had happened here. But uh, perhaps with other people, it's a little bit more subtle. Maybe, I, maybe well, I because think... I, I maybe because I always was a Christian. I mean, this this confronted me right on. Yeah. Well, and I think you know when I played with this stuff, I mean, a little bit. Early on in college, and then uh, after my father died, and I at first, after my dad died, um, you know, I was struggling. I didn't want to be a Christian. Uh, I believe there had to be some God or force out there, but I didn't want to be a Christian at first, so I was. I, I experimented uh, with the occult for a little bit. I went, I had, I went to a tarot card reader, psychic person, and that person. I mean, those folks are trained in, in on the one hand, just to pick up on things, and they can say certain things that seem like. They know you real well when, in fact, they're just kind of they're picking up on clues from what you say, and then then they lead you to something. I have a former a seminary guy who who grew up as a gypsy and was trained in all kinds of how to deceive people. Uh, there's that, but then there's also the darkness. I mean, the, when I when I went to this tarot card reader person, you know, she told me some things that she should not have known. That sounds real familiar. And um, where you freaked out at that, I was just, I found it disconcerting, slightly disturbing. Um, but I didn't react, at least initially, as strongly as you did. You didn't recognize I, it as something evil. Um, that was only, that was, and that came more later. Without a doubt. Now, there was, it's kind of funny because there was nothing in, in 
the experience that I went through that was overtly threatening. As I said, I just knew things I shouldn't have known. But somehow I knew this was wrong. This was evil. It just it just struck me like that. Well, and I want yeah. I wonder where you know without going into dwelling in it. You know, darkness tends to want to keep you in darkness. Um, you know, and that's where you know now I recoil at at this stuff because. I see light and hope. You know, maybe that's a key word on the other side is uh, hope. And there's, there's, there's no hope in darkness. And I think also it, to accept the existence of God, you also have to accept the existence of Satan. And we know that God interacts with our lives daily. Yeah. And who's to say... That Satan doesn't as well. Well, and that's, I think it, it can be real subtle. I, I think we alluded to this a little bit in an interchange we have, but what, what, what is, I'm finding increasingly interesting is I get older and, and as I, you know, hopefully mature in the Christian faith and maturing, I think, in my recognition of how just subtle and devious Satan is in using things that are good and holy and turning them into selfishness and stupidity. Well, it can be subtle, but it can also be upfront. <laughs> yeah, it can. It can be. You know, it become it becomes that. You know, I just you know you work with you know work with couples and for example that are. You know, it's just it's interesting. You have a you have a perfectly happy married couple, and somebody will come into somebody's life and just start quietly saying things. Oh, so and so, you know, in the, the very subtle way, uh, a man or a woman in an otherwise happy marriage is enticed uh, away from his or her wife um, or husband. And um, it's it's just often it's not you know I mean it's it, it's often not you know some prostitute walking up to a guy on the street. It's a series of subtle little things in the office. Um, you know it's a or you know in the in our digital age it's a it's a quick look at something on the computer that leads to another quick look at something else that leads to another. And then all of a sudden you're in the midst of some looking at some heinous sexual activity. That old slippery slope. Well, yeah, it, I mean, it, it, this, and this is, you know, you said it's often most, so this is how it, it's curious to me, you know, I'm a big sports guy. And so, you know, in, when I'm browsing the internet, uh, looking around, I mean, I tend to be on the ESPN site or the Sports Illustrated site. It's interesting, they always, you know, there are always these little boxes that are labeled as paid content. They don't have anything to do with sports. 
Oh, you see that all the time on the internet too. Well, that's what I'm saying. You know, I, you know, when you're on when you're on these sites, and you know, it's interesting for me. Let me pick on ESPN for a minute. You've got some super talented people, men and women, uh, on that network, and you watch watch your football broadcast this fall. The guys are going to be in suits and ties, or if they're not in a tie, you know, they're they're in a suit coat. Um, and those shirts are, generally speaking, buttoned up for the most part or up near the top. Um, but you watch the women. We, got, we see a lot of leg. We see plunging neckline. Um, why is that? Because <laughs> the producers are men. It, well... Yeah, I right, but why, you know why it's it's just interesting. And these you know these are these are serious woman, women yeah. who do really serious work, and yet we're seeing an awful lot of skin. Uh, you know why don't you know why don't I, why don't I see Howie Long in a T-shirt with you know with his bulging muscles? Yeah, um, and rather see him in a suit coat. That's a good point. <laughs> I never thought of that. Look, we got to take a little break here, uh, Lance, but let's talk some more about this at the uh, after this break. We got a lot to talk about. Gary Duncan, the executive director of Worldwide KFUO, reminding you that our Rally Week begins September 9th. What is Rally Week? Well, it's a week we set aside each year to raise additional gifts needed to help us fund this broadcast ministry. See, during the summertime, we receive fewer gifts because of the very busy schedule of you, our listeners and donors. It's a way for us to rally back from those summer months. Also, Rally Week is the perfect time for us to announce our newest programming and partnership programs. Would you please perfectly consider becoming a first-time giver or a new day sponsor or add to your previous giving? Remember, Rally Week begins September 9th. And if you're a church, organization, or have the means to help us start off Rally Week with a large gift, please consider becoming a champion. That's at the $10,000 level or a medalist at the $5,000 level. We also have additional pre-Rally Week levels as well. So feel free to call me at area code 314-996-1511. Or you can email me at gduncan at kfuo.org. Thank you for your support. LCMS Disaster Response gathers once a year to learn best practices on how to do mercy and respond to natural disasters. We're inviting you to get involved in the conversation. Join us at Concordia Seminary St. Louis from October 2nd through the 4th to hear from pastors, experienced disaster responders, and disaster victims as they share their wisdom and experience from the field. Registration, including meals, is just $50, but seats are limited. For more information, go to lcms.org disaster. That's lcms.org disaster. The book of Genesis tells us that God made all things, but it won't answer every question about when, how, and why God did it. That's because Genesis is mostly about getting to know God. 
Dr. Michael Ziegler begins a new series of messages based on the first book of the Bible. Hear his message, Begin Again, this week on The Lutheran Hour. Sundays at 1230 and 5 p.m. on Worldwide KFUO. Puritan writer John Bunyan, one of England's most famous writers, died August 31, 1688, leaving behind a significant work of English literature, The Pilgrim's Progress. Bunyan's allegory about a man named Christian is instructed by a man named Evangelist and encounters many trials in his pilgrimage to the celestial city, illustrating biblical concepts with names like faithful, crafty, little faith, vanity, and others. The Pilgrim's Progress is believed to be the second most printed book of all time behind the Bible, influencing literary giants such as Charles Dickens, Mark Twain, C.S. Lewis, and John Steinbeck. Charles Haddon Spurgeon, renowned 19th century English preacher, known as England's Prince of Preachers, said, next to the Bible, the book I value most is John Bunyan's Pilgrim's Progress. Brought to you by Museum of the Bible. Well, good afternoon and welcome back to Let's Talk. The pastor is in. I am program host Kip Allen. My guest pastor today is Lance O'Donnell from Okamonawak, Wisconsin. We are discussing the dark side. We're talking about the occult, recognizing that it is real. And it does affect us, and we run into it every day. What we can do to recognize it, what we can do to fight it, how 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 do we react to it or not react to it? Now, if you've got some questions or if you've had some incidents yourself, we'd love to hear from you. Uh, you can email us at letstalk at kfuo.org or call us. If you're in the St. Louis area, that's area code 314-8210-850. Or the uh, 48 lower states outside of the St. Louis area, call us at 1-800-730-2727. Lance, you said that you were attracted to that, I guess because of disappointment regarding the death of your father, and you were somewhat adrift at this point looking for answers. Is that is that correct? Yeah. I you know, I was I began to seek spiritually and you know, as a guy where I, I was coming out of a time where I was an anti theist. So I was anti-spiritual of any kind, in particular anti-Christian. But after my father, my father, when my right before my father, my father had been an atheist as well. But right before he died, um, there was a, a recommitment to the Christian faith. And so after his death, uh, I became a little bit more open. To um, I guess spiritual things of any sort, and uh, then I and then I gradually fell into my own kind of deep depression, and that's you know that's part of that during that time is when I was started playing with the occult stuff. Does a person sometimes actively seek this darkness? Absolutely. Why would they do that, knowing the end result? Well, with at the risk of insulting some people, you know, we are. I mean, Paul throughout the, the throughout the scriptures, Paul's letter to the Ephesians perhaps is as clear as any place. 
uh, we are we are by nature sinful. We are we are by nature dead in our trespasses and sins. This is Ephesians chapter two. We we all we are born conceived in in darkness. It's only by the rescue of God that we come out of it. So, you know, when to to play with to play with darkness is is really quite natural for us at the risk of offending people, but that it, but it is. It's you know, I think when I, I'm I'm not a C.S. Lewis scholar, but I, I seem to recall reading something about C.S. Lewis where he described how easy it was to write the screw tape letters in which these demons talk to one another and plant, plot and plan. C.S. Lewis described how easy it was to write that. I didn't know that. So I'd, I'd have to I'd have to look up and find the quotation, but I could see it. it's 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 often easy to conjure up evil or conjure up this stuff, and that's because by we we're by nature, and we say this when we in our churches when we confess our sins, but we're by nature sinful and unclean. We have you know there's a it, that. Um, Darkness, as it will, not, o- not only we are, are we, does the devil try and get us, not, not only does the world try and get us, but we also have our own sinful nature. That well, that I understand, but, but you know, the, the person who accepts the existence of God. Yes. Uh, well, as we talked about earlier, must also accept the existence of Satan. And who on earth, who in their right mind, would choose hell? Well, if you don't know any better. But it just, again, back to the, the passage I quoted earlier from Second Corinthians uh, 11, even Satan disguises himself as an angel of, as an angel of light. You know, the, the things that are bad for us or would le- are often put forward to us as good, you know, I hear it all the time. God just wants me to be happy. Oh, okay. So, I mean, don't don't you hear that kind of phrase? I all sure the time? do. I sure do. I just look at those people and shake my head. I just, you know, God just wants me to be. God just wants me to be happy. So therefore, I'm going to leave my husband, or I'm going to leave my wife, or therefore, I'm going to um, I'm going to experiment uh, sexually, or you know, I'm going to do this, or I'm going to do that. God just wants me to be happy so is is what is said um that doesn't have anything to do with the scriptures or faithfulness to christ or anything like that and often it's often it's quite the opposite maybe this explains cults people are attracted to cults because there is a a promise there and they don't realize what what they're being promised well it's a, that's an interesting. It's an interesting thought, Kip. Uh, it, it just made me think of gangs or any of that. It's a, I would imagine a similar dynamic. We we are we are we are built for community with other human beings. We are inherently also spiritual beings, and so. We, 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 we end up seeking fellowship 
with other people. And, and if, if the people who are into bad things uh, get to us, that can be a pretty powerful attraction, even if they're involved in, in things that are destructive. When you were involved in, in the occult, were you were there other people that you knew you were attracted to, you became friends with? Well, I didn't get I didn't get too deep into it. Um, I mean, it was I, I more I more kind of dabbled. So, you know, I for a very brief period of time, I attended um, what was called the Metaphysical Church of Christ, and that was just kind of a New Agey thing where Jesus was kind of a love guru. <laughs> um, <laughs> Just to be nice guy, um, so that was that was very new age. That was very more new agey and wasn't as it wasn't dark like uh, a satanic cult is, for example, uh, sacrificing and animals and hurting things and so on and so forth. But it may have been sort of a gateway to it. It could have been, uh, depending. I mean, you know, these were. You know, they were they were nice people, and they wanted to love the people around them. What I what didn't resonate with me there was I lo- you know I I was coming to believe in Jesus Christ again, but I also I knew because I was living in my own body. I knew I still had a sinful nature that needed to be confronted, and that was not what that church was about. I mean, it was that. Metaphysical Church of Christ was about affirming whatever your inner desires were, and uh, I knew that a lot of my inner desires were contrary to my health yeah. <laughs> and or the and the good and the good of others. You know, for example, you know my own suicide attempt. You know, I, I will never. We talked about this before as well. I'll never forget what my brother Shane. Said to me, now there's a curse word he used, but I won't use on the radio. But he said, "Lance, how could you do that to us?" Mm. Um, oh yeah, I wasn't thinking about them at all. I was only wanting to end. I wanted, I wanted my despair, my emotional pain, to end. I wasn't thinking about anybody else, and that you know that is, that is darkness. Isn't it? Very much so. Um, I told you my particular Ouija experience related to a suicide that I knew. And that was very much the same thing, was this person either didn't know or just didn't care about the impact of that. And let me tell you, the impact of that was just explosive. It, It affected the lives of many, many people, mostly in a negative way. And yeah, yeah that was I'm, an evil act. And I, 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 you know, as a Christian, I know I should forgive that guy, but I feel anger at what he did, the selfishness of that act, and what he did to other people. I mean, Luther, Luther wrote about this that you know, suicide can be an act of madness, a, 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 a quick response, unthinking response to a satanic temptation it's not necessary not necessarily a a damnable offense but it it would be absolute foolishness for us to say 
that there are, you know, that doesn't hurt anybody else. Because I, I, I just can't, I can't imagine how, what my family would be like today if I had succeeded. Much different and certainly much worse. Much worse I, off. Much poorer. You know, I can't, and, and how much, you know, I think, um, you know, I was, I was just, I was so sad and so just wanting and so alone, even though I was surrounded by people. Um, and what a, what I, what I have now on the other side of it is just incredible. You know, wonderful wife and beautiful children. My third child's turned 16 today. And oh. She's just a bundle of, just a bundle of joy. Um, I would have missed out on all of that. Um, you know, that's what darkness, you know, that that's why you don't play with this stuff. <laughs> you know, you, you, I mean, I was, uh, you know, I was getting sucked in. I got, I got sucked in by death. Yeah. And that, that, that's not the devil working. I don't know what is. I, I mean, I did, I got, you know, I just had, I guess I hadn't thought of it in that way, but you know, death is a black hole and there's, there's nothing, it's just, there's no light in there. And your death would have caused so much pain to other people. Yeah, that's how Satan works. We've got a uh, uh, an email from a gentleman out in Hawaii. And he says, aloha from Hawaii, where I'm listening online. He says, fascinating but important subject on today's program. Luther had a rather earthy but popular saying about resisting the devil. And it is, I'm going to quote here, and it's a little bit earthy. It says, and I will often with the fart that I will drive him away. What? <laughs> that's a great quote. I forgot where that's from. <laughs> what are your guest thoughts about Luther's quip? Was it crude or just how much he despised the enemy? <laughs> I think that's fabulous. I do, too. <laughs> a great scene in Monty, Python, in Monty Python's Holy Quest for the Holy Grail. Oh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, but Luther, right? There's a there's a sense there's a there's a, a depth and a sense of play there, because Luther knows he has he has light and victory in Christ, and so he can mock if necessary, uh, mock Satan. I you know I fart in your general direction to show um, how hopeless, how helpless <laughs> Satan is when you're on the yeah. side of God. Or you know that's. You know, when you wake up in the morning, you make you make the sign of the cross and say, "I am baptized," um, and claim your baptismal birthright in spite of whatever temptations came at you over the night over the course of the night. You know, for, if if there's some if there just if there happened to be some listener that is playing with uh, occult stuff, you know, I I would encourage you. Perhaps just uh, to read the Gospel of John and go to a church and talk, you know, talk to a pastor. Um, now, now, I had a question myself, and actually I went to uh, the uh, lcms.org site and went to the facts, the uh, facts yeah. section to try to get an answer on this one. And that was Halloween. How do we feel about Halloween? And And the answer, according to the website, was... Yeah, it did indeed have its pagan origins, but it has lost it. 
in the uh, in the offing. And, you know, the common sense just says this is a fun thing for kids. There's nothing satanic with it. If children are enjoying it and having fun, this is definitely a good thing. But do be aware that there is such a thing as the occult. Yeah, you know, it's interesting, uh, Kip, that you bring up Halloween and that type of thing, because I've, you know, since I've come back into the faith, I, ha- I have had not even a love-hate, just I'm, you know, I don't, I don't love Halloween, but I don't hate it anymore either. It had me thinking of Harry Potter. <laughs> um, and even uh, Tolkien's Lord of the Rings or even C.S. Lewis's um, Chronicles of Narnia. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, my, my wife and, uh, and kids have really enjoyed reading Harry Potter they have, you know, they, they've enjoyed it as liter, literature. We've had serious conversations with the kids when they first read it, uh, warning against danger. And if you ever, you know, you, you don't you don't play with this stuff, but you you know you can use it. You know, some use it as a liter as a literary device, but these things are also real. Um, I I can't read it. It's interesting to hear you talk, you know, you talk about your Ouija board experience. Mm-hmm. You know, my, my wife and kids have all, you know, have all really enjoyed Harry Potter as literature. And uh, honestly, I can't read it. I, I read one of them, and part of it is because, honestly, um, I just, I played in a, even more closely than I should have with real witchcraft. Mm-hmm. And I just, I can't even be anywhere near it in a literature, in a, in a literary way. Um, and I don't really even know. C.S. Lewis is an incredible author. Tolkien's great. They, they use, they create these worlds that ex, explore uh, good and evil and spirit. I, I have a hard time even with the Chronicles of Narnia and the witches and stuff. Um, that's me. I mean, you, mm-hmm. you know what, you know what I mean? It's in part of it's because of my experience. Part of the reason I can't, I can't read the Harry Potter is because I don't know, it just trips old memories and stuff. Kind of like some of the music I used to lead, listen to back in my, anti-christian days oh, yeah when i hear you know when i hear some of it i mean i'll occasionally get a get an itch to listen to something and then and i listen for a while and then i realize now i realize why i don't listen to this anymore it just it brings up it brings up things that aren't helpful does that make any sense yeah i mean there's some things i avoid uh Partially because I don't like them, and partially because I might be tempted by them. And uh, I try to avoid things that I know are going to get me in trouble. <laughs> you know, and I, I, I by that I don't mean necessarily legal trouble or what have you. Just lead me away from the from the path that I know that God wants me to be on. So yeah, I mean, people, I can you can read you can read Harry Potter, and, mm-hmm. uh, and I think it's. I mean, right, if you start practicing witchcraft, then you're in trouble. Mm-hmm. 
um, you know, the, the scriptures are pretty clear about that. You just you have to you have to have a certain level of maturity as a Christian to be able to to read that read that stuff and and recognize um, fantasy. Well, I think I, yeah, that's the thing about no, I I will confess I do enjoy the Harry Potter things, but I'm aware this is fantasy. What is being portrayed what is being portrayed here simply does not exist. Not that magic doesn't exist, but that the Harry Potter world does not exist. It's simply there for entertainment purposes, and that I can accept. But I can see where you might not. Um, on the witchcraft thing, I, I, I'm wondering if maybe there are some different definitions of it. I have a uh, a friend, a lady I've known for many years, who maintains she is a witch. She is she she is a pagan. Yeah. Uh, now, I, I as I said, I have known her for many years, and I, I just I don't see her as an evil person. But pagan? Well, you you reject. You reject Christ. You worship and manipulate the things of the earth apart from the authority of God. Um, that's clearly outside uh, biblical theology. Well, I hope you know. I, but she knows. I'm, she knows I'm a committed Christian, and yeah. I, I simply hope that through my continued association with her mostly through Facebook, don't we're in different parts of the country. Um, but I hope that my continued association with, with her will somehow lead her to Christ. Or maybe I'm fooling well, myself. Is this something I should avoid? There's just, there's, there's no, there's no forgiveness in the occult. There's no, right, that is, that is a huge deal. I mean, just the, whatever you said tripped that for me. There's no hope there. Um, I mean, you might you might have somebody you know that speaks from the dead and gives you some indication about what might happen in the. But there's no there's no forgiveness there. Um, and I, it just it that just it lacks. I mean, why, why play, why play around, why gamble when you could have eternal life? Well, that's certainly uh, my I, view of it. Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, just being on the other side, I'm just thinking about, you know, I mean, why play around with something that is ambivalent at, at best or just, you know, when, uh, you know, there's such, there's such glory and beauty in Christ. I mean, forgiveness changes everything. Um, I mean, you know, eternal forgiveness changes everything. Why play around with all that stuff? Is that how you would get the message through to, Someone who you knew might be flirting with it, um, that there's no forgiveness at that end. You know, how, how can you open their eyes to the fact that they're dealing with something very, very dangerous? Well, you could tell them and, you know, refer them to examples. Um, 
That's a you know that's a it's a good que- it's a good question. Uh, you can, you know. I don't know how I could. I don't know how I'd answer that if someone came to me. I mean, I would just I'd recoil from it because I, you know, I firmly believe that that existed. It's bad and it's evil. <laughs> repeat the que- repeat the question again. So okay. I, can, I can ponder. If there is someone whom who you know who is starting to flirt with this, how can you let them know that this is dangerous? How how can you make them accept that there is a real problem here? Well, I mean, I guess I would say I'm thinking immediately of Ephesians 6 and take up the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. And, you know, sometimes all you can do is is point people to the Scriptures. And, you know, Ephesians chapter 2 begins with, you know, we were, you were dead in your trespasses and sins in which you once lived, and you followed the, the devil um and this, so you know we have to you have to come to terms uh, you have to come to terms with that sometimes you just have to say you know the Christ says that this stuff is darkness and evil and that the and that there's a better way and you have you have to we you have to contend with that i mean sometimes that's the best that's the best thing to do is just lay this Lay what the scriptures teach in front of somebody, and pray. Um, in fact, I was <clears throat> I was talking with one of the pastors today about the very nature of prayer. You know, why do it? What is it? What does it mean? What do you expect from it? And and like with underestimating the power of the dark side, or somehow denying that the occult is really there and really dangerous. Don't underestimate the power of prayer. It is real, and it does indeed have an effect. And don't and don't and don't underestimate the the power the power of Christ to change a life. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we get it. Christ and His forgiveness can be absolutely transformative. I mean, it won't get away, get rid of your old sinful nature, but it, you know, can make, you know, it, it, Paul's not kidding when he says we're a new creation and that God will make all things, all things new. I, you know, I mean, I played with this stuff and I, you know, there, I had, I just, I'm so thankful in spite of what a bozo I sometimes am, <laughs> um, that my, you know, my goodness, I, you know, I couldn't, I, I couldn't have a decent relationship with a woman. I didn't know how to. I didn't know how to do that. And now, you know, I've been married for 23 years, and very happily, I have this magnificent woman. We have four, four beautiful children, and that was not possible when I was in darkness. I hear that, and so the message there is to walk in the light, recognize that the darkness is there, and don't be tempted by it. Sometimes the darkness is attractive, and you. Don't want to go there, believe me. Thank you for listening to Let's Talk. The pastor is in. We'll do it again next Friday. You've been listening to The Pastor is In, a weekly chance to chat with a pastor. Your support is vital for this program to continue. To learn about giving opportunities, call Mary at 314-996-1518. 
You can make a gift safe, secure, and easily online at kfuo.org. Thank you for listening and supporting. The pastor is in on Worldwide KFUO.